just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to the Next Level Guy podcast. Today's guest is the awesome Evan Carmichael. Evan is a Canadian businessman, an entrepreneur, and he's also a world-famous author. In this conversation, we discuss such diverse topics on business, entrepreneurship, how to better your life, how to find great role models, how to conduct good interviews and research, and how finding out what your one word is will help you reach that next level in your life. This was recorded during a live Google Hangout with Evan, and it's slightly different than the standard setup, but still will be great quality. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another YouTube Hangout. Really excited to have a new friend with me who's been a fan of the channel and also has his own podcast and YouTube channel up, Ian from Next Level Guy. Uh, we're going to talk about my book. We're going to get into a whole bunch of different things. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited for the questions. Ian, welcome aboard, man. That's great. Thank you very much for having me, Evan. Uh, it's a pleasure to speak to somebody I've admired for such a long time. I love it. Now, for my audience who may not know you or Next Level Guy, like quick intro and then shoot away with your yep. your podcast. Yeah, well, my name's Ian Mackay. I'm based in Glasgow in the United Kingdom, so hopefully you can understand the accent. Um, nextlevelguy.com is a men's interest interview and improvement website. I like to um, interview and introduce some of the greats who are living their life on another level to as mere mortals ask them how they do it and uh, get some hints and tips to help everybody better their own lives and uh, find out more about these awesome people. Just I love like it. Evan. I love it. So over to you, man. However you normally run your show, let's do it. Yeah, well, first question's always got to be left. Asked you how you, who you were, what would you say to them? Uh, I could tell you the story quickly and then, uh, well, you want the whole story just like one sentence? Just whatever you're happy giving. All right. Well, my, my one sentence is I'm Evan Carmack and I believe in entrepreneurs. If you look at my social media bios, that's what's going to show up there. Uh, quick story. And if you want to go deeper on anything, let me know. You know, I didn't, I had entrepreneurial tendencies growing up, but didn't think I wanted to be an entrepreneur, mostly because I didn't have family members. Nobody around me was an entrepreneur, so it wasn't on my radar. I thought I wanted to be a banker. Met up with some entrepreneurs in university. I joined their business as an owner. Had to make the toughest decision of my life between staying at this business that wasn't working and taking my dream job that I thought I always wanted. Uh, took the risk and did did my business. Uh, we struggled a lot, <laughs> uh, but ended up getting through. And we got a, we landed customers in thirty countries, and we got acquired three years later. Then I went to become a venture capitalist, helping raise half a million to fifteen million dollars for companies. Then I uh, started doing this, helping entrepreneurs. I have a popular website, YouTube channel with 600,000 subscribers, and a new book out called Your One Word. And uh, I love helping and believing in entrepreneurs. Great answer. Um, so you created a company at such a young age. You know, Can you just go into about where that creativity came from, where the business idea came about, and what did you learn from doing it? I think you were 19. Yeah, so I had a bunch of kind of failed companies going into that, or just little entrepreneurial ventures. 
from you know trying to sell my artwork to selling baseball cards to a whole bunch of different little side things. With that business, I was in university. Uh, I connected with two researchers who had developed a software that they were selling but didn't have a ton of success with. And I didn't know anything about science. I didn't know anything about programming. Science was my worst subject in school. I dropped it as soon as I could. But I joined on the business side, and my job was to drum up interest. So talking to the media and lining up partnerships and helping out uh, customers. And at the start, we really struggled and had a, had a really hard time. I was making $300 a month with that business. And the thing that really saved me was just realizing that I wasn't the first guy to try to do this before. I was trying to come up with every idea myself. And I realized, listen, somebody's already figured this out, how to sell software. I need to find out what they did and, and apply it to my business. And that's where I modeled Bill Gates and how he started Microsoft. And that's when my company started to take off. And so, I mean, it's what you do on the, on the Next Level Guy podcast, right? Like you interview people who have done more than some of the people who are listening. And by learning from their success, they can hopefully have more success in their lives. And so uh, that shift in my thinking, just to realize that, listen, I don't have to figure everything out for myself really helped transform the business in the early years. Well, you do a frightening amount of content at the moment, some amazing YouTube videos. Um, can you just describe um, some of the, you know, the stuff that stood out? You know, is there certain rituals? Is there certain improvement practices that people do that you are particular favorites of yours? I think, uh, I think what most people think most entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs have is, is not real. I think people believe that you need to be this outgoing, charismatic, dynamic, A-type personality to have success, where it's not true. A lot of people who've had tons of success you've, you've never even heard of. If you look at the list of the you know, wealthiest people in the world and you take away the people who inherited their wealth, it's all entrepreneurs. And a lot of that list, you've never heard of the people on, on there because they just don't go all in on being an extrovert type A personality. It's not who they are. Uh, and so if I had to look at some of the common denominators between the successful people, one, they had an idea. And I think that's maybe the easy part. We all have ideas. You know, Listeners to your show has an idea for what they want to do. The second thing was though that they got started. And that's where a lot of people have a hard time. Just getting started, just taking that first step. Like, I don't know how to get started. I don't know what my first step should be. They're so worried about taking the perfect first step that they don't do anything. But really, there is no perfect first step. Just do something, anything, and then do something again the next day. And with time, you'll figure it out. And that mentality really helped and really served the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. They got started. They have a plan? Sure, they had a plan. Was it the perfect plan? No. You know, usually the plan you start with is not the plan you end with, and you need a lot of adjustments. And so many people worry about having a perfect plan that they do nothing. Uh, a lot of people worry that they don't have the resources, they don't have the money, they don't have the education, they don't have the connections, they don't have the family, they don't have whatever, fill in the blank, I don't have this. Where again, the most successful entrepreneurs didn't worry about that, they just found a way to get started. You know? And so who's been your sort of favorite people to interview? Is or are there people who you thought were great, and then when you looked at them, you found that you didn't actually like them after all, that you can admit to? There's not, that's a good question. I never been asked that. See, I knew he was going to ask you some questions. I like it. Um, 
there's not many I, I can't think of anybody who I thought would be great but wasn't I think with some people you have to uh, I think with with a lot of people everybody has some kind of message that you can take out that is positive you know as an example we profiled Donald Trump you know way before he was running for president Donald Trump may say a lot of things that people don't agree with but you can pull out some messages from there that can still help you uh, Kanye West is one of the first ones we did where Kanye West also will say a lot of things that offend people that you may not agree with but he can also say some inspiring things that can help and so I don't think I've ever had anybody who we who I thought would be amazing and we found nothing on um, there have been people who I was surprised by I was surprised by Denzel Washington. I was surprised by Selena Gomez. Um, just people who I didn't really have a lot of context on. And like, oh, here's another actor, here's another singer. And then like, they have some good stuff. Um, as well as people who I've never heard of. Entrepreneurs from around the world, especially outside of uh, English speaking countries that made a huge name for themselves in their markets and you know are billionaires, but we just don't know who they are. And so my audience have put them on my radar and we've done some really good videos around them. Videos that I never thought would do well. You know, one of the, one of the people we've done is um, uh, Abdul Kalam, who's the first prime minister of India. And when we did him, it's like, okay, you know, I don't, I'm not expecting much from this video. And it just blew up and took off. And he's, it just shows my ignorance around who this guy was and how much people really loved him. And so I think I've been more pleasantly surprised than seeing somebody and not having enough content on them. There's definitely been people who we haven't done videos on because there wasn't enough content, but not that I felt like this person is going to be great and then we can't find anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's something I found when I first started was, you know, you get the major names, but then you find the small little people or the people who are building a reputation and some of the things you found out about them and you can take something from everybody. You know, there's always a tip. There's always a story, uh, a reason not to do that, or to, you know, something to inspire or to motivate or to to make you just get off the couch. Um, and that's when I found your site. I loved it because you look at so many different people. Um, who do you look at as a role model in your life? Do so, you maybe, do you look big names, or do you look at family and stuff like that? It's a mix. I think uh, for the people kind of watching the video, you see people behind me on my wall. Uh, my ultimate role models are my parents. They're in the middle of the wall behind me, and and they taught me my. They taught me how to be a human being. They taught me. They taught me like belief came from them. They taught me how to treat people. They taught me how to act. They taught me how to show up. They taught me my habits. Um, they taught me a lot of the good things of how to be a human being, but. They don't really know about business. They didn't teach me about entrepreneurship. And so when I look yeah. to them, it's more for how to act um, and what I care about. And then I pull I pull a lot from different people. My favorite entrepreneur of all time is A.P. Giannini, who's the founder of Bank of America, who most people have no idea who he is. Uh, they, he has an amazing story. And then I pull from lots of people. I pull from Steve Jobs. I pull from Howard Schultz. I pull from Kanye West. I pull from all kind like from every entrepreneur we profile i don't post the video on my channel unless i've learned something from it myself mm. so there's been people who we haven't posted up because the message wasn't good enough but i've learned something from all of these people and it's not to say that i want to be the next steve jobs or the next 50 cent or the next whoever it's i, I could learn from steve jobs to be the best evan carmichael 
And so you don't have to agree with everything that Steve Jobs did or said or behaved or acted. Similarly, you don't have to believe with everything that Kanye West or Donald Trump says or believes or acts, but you can pull one thing from them to help you be a better version of yourself. And so I learned from all of them, but uh, if, you had, if I had to pick one, I would say my parents, who um, maybe that's a cliche answer, but it's true, uh, but they didn't really teach me about business. Well, I'm just looking at the picture and I was thinking, I was hoping that was you, I was thinking, very cute. You know? um, so what do you think is the main issue affecting people, you know, like guys nowadays, because we're seeing people who run podcasts, YouTube, celebrities are seen as, you know, strange, but it's such an amazing thing and wanting to push it and build your own businesses, etc. Do you think there's things that are holding people back? Is there a reliance on technology? you know, drink and alcohol abuse and things like that? Or, you know, is it lack of motivation and confidence? Uh, you know, I think, sure, having saying you're a full-time YouTuber or full-time podcaster is strange, but it's getting less strange. It's less strange than it was a year ago or 24 months ago, and it's going to be less and less strange uh, as you as you, as we go on. You know, who would have thought that professional gaming would be, a thing that you could be a full-time video game player, not programmer, but player. Um, I think the biggest thing that holds people back is just limiting beliefs. It's just feeling that you can't do it. You know, it's if somebody tells you it's strange, that's okay. You can deal with it. But it's when you think that it's strange, when you think you can't do something. And every time I've made a major breakthrough in my business, it's because I've broken through a limiting personal belief. So if I go back to my first software company. The belief was I need to come up with every idea myself, and I had to break that to say, "Listen, somebody else has solved this. I want to. I want to fix it." Another early one I had was I was too young. You know, I was 19 years old. I'm trying to sell the people who are two, three times my age with PhDs in things that I sucked at and dropped out of as soon as I could. So I always felt like they're not going to take me seriously. They're not going to respect me. They're not going to listen to me. And then I realized after being kind of forced to talk to one that all they care about is that I can help them. Like, can what I do help them? They don't care about everything else. And that was another shift. Like, oh, like I'm not too young to do this. I can do this. And so I think every every major obstacle is just the ones that we create inside our own heads. It's not that you it's not that you don't have enough money. It's that you think you don't have enough money. That's it. Because there's been a lot of people who've been way more successful than you are that started with way less than what you already have and if they can do it you can do it too it's just your mindset and your beliefs that are getting in your way so say if somebody's listening right now and you are a very inspiring person and they think right that's it i'm going to start my own business i'm going to do x y z whatever it is their goal what tips would you give to somebody just now? You know, is there rituals, mantras, ways to get past those limiting beliefs? I think you're uh, taking it to another level, you know? It's yeah, I think I think that's where that's where the book comes into play. I think I think self-awareness is really important. I think when you understand what your most important core value is, the book is about finding your one word, your most important core value, which becomes the lens through which you see the world. And so for me, my one word is believe. So when I understand that it's believed, now I can design rituals and I can design an environment, I can design a morning routine that fits that best. And so when you understand what is the world that you want to create, like what does that best version of you look like? We've all had these moments when we've been 
pumped up, excited, full of confidence, ready to go and take on the world. Maybe it's after listening to an episode of Next Level Guy. You know, people are all jacked up and ready to go. But but maybe that happens randomly. Like maybe that happens at five o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, right? And so if you know some of the things that get you motivated, pumped up, and excited, put that in your morning routine. Whatever that is, it could be listening to a podcast, it could be reading a book. Uh, for me, there was this great book that I read a couple pages of every morning that got me energized. Now it's videos, whether it's watching you know my YouTube channel or somebody else's channel. Whatever it is, there's no judgment. You know, if like hopping up and down on one foot with your hands crossed, like that's what gets you energized. Amazing. Like do that every morning. So you you're building it in with purpose into your routine. So there's no one, um, there's no one like, hey, if you floss your teeth backwards with your left hand, that's gonna be the thing. Everybody has to find their thing for them. But we've all experienced it before. You have experienced feeling confident and feeling excited and, and whatever your one word is, even if you don't, even if you can't articulate it, you've experienced that overwhelming feeling. So understanding what made that happen and then programming it into your morning routine so that it's now being it's happening with purpose and consistency instead of a random occurrence. So how would you recommend somebody builds up consistency? I mean, is this something you've struggled with personally or are you just always been pretty good at just keeping going once you get started? I think uh, I think it's important to schedule it in. I think you have to, like if you you're what you spend your time on, you can look at your calendar and you'll see you'll see what's your priority. Show me your calendar of where you're spending your time and I'll see where your priorities are. If it's important, then you have to schedule it in. And I think it's easier to schedule it in in the morning than trying to make it later on in the day when your day explodes on you and there's crisis and emergencies or you lose your energy, you're tired. It's easier to put it in the morning. Not to say that you can't put it later on. Um, there's a theory of the big rocks first, where if you have a jar and you've got big rocks, small rocks and sand, if you put the sand in first and then the little rocks, the big rocks aren't gonna fit. But if you put the big rocks in first and then the little rocks, the little rocks will sort the way out and then the sand will fill it up and everything will fit into the jar. And so big rocks first into your calendar. If this is important, then show me it's important by putting it into your daily routine. Schedule it in, make time for it. You know, if, if watching a video in the morning is a thing that gets you jazzed up, don't you know, put five minutes in your morning routine and hope that that's going to be the magic five minutes, right? Like you might need to schedule 20 minutes out. Okay. That means I need to leave at this time from my home or I need to wake up at this time. Like set yourself up for success and schedule it in so that's important and you're much more likely to follow through. And has there been a change that you've made that may seem counterintuitive, you know, that would sound like it's going to fail? but has succeeded you know for instance the pickup artist used to say ignore a girl that you fancy and it gets her attention onto you because she wants what she can't have i know it's not the greatest but is there something that you've maybe done yourself or somebody you've researched for instance that's interesting ian asking the questions here i like it is there something that i thought wouldn't work but ended up having a lot of success um I think I'm willing to be surprised by things. So as an example, this YouTube channel, I never thought it was gonna be this big thing that was part of my life. It started off as this tiny little experiment. 
I was just trying to answer questions from people that I thought I could make it better in a video than just try typing out email responses to people and maybe it'll help reach a couple extra people. And it it became a huge part of my life. It became this behemoth, you know, beast that has a team of people now and is recognized and has led to a lot of opportunities. Um, I didn't go in thinking it wouldn't work. I'm just, I think I adapt more the mentality of I'm willing to say yes to almost anything at the start and just seeing how it goes. And some things work out and most things don't. Um, but I don't know that I, I had no expectation or negative expectations of something and then it worked out. I'm gonna have to think about that. I have yeah. nothing for you on the spot. It may come I'll to me. So you kind of just go it, just try it and just let it go. That's just a good way of thinking. I, I thought mean, this interview was gonna be really bad, Ian, and you surprised me. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, so, what do you consider your greatest failure? You know, what what did you learn from it, and how did it shape your future choices and your way of working? Because you've done so much and blown things way out, you know, of the water. Has there been one thing that's maybe changed your thinking, your life, your habits, or? I think. Uh... Here's the thing, like I wouldn't go back and change anything. So when I'm asked this question, it's like, what's your biggest regret or what's your biggest failure? Um, there's a few I can point to, but I also am grateful for them because they helped make me what I am now. I think my biggest failure was I missed out on a $40 million deal with my company. I was so um, focused on the planning. And we talked earlier in the session about planning, planning, planning. That was me. I was the guy who over planned and I was at my business partner's condo that was our headquarters and I spent an entire summer writing our plan and then a huge company came into our industry and wanted to buy companies and and we were late to get to the table and it became us versus our biggest competitor and we lost uh, and our competitor got bought out for 40 million dollars and and we were not prepared enough for that pitch because I was off on some other plan and that was that stung you know like hey i could have sold my business for 40 million dollars i was super excited it was i was really young uh but it also taught me the lesson that you gotta get out there and test your assumptions like yes you need to have a business plan but you need to do something with it too and most of your plan is going to be wrong anyway so like get out there and start doing something about it uh we need to be a lot more agile and you got to actually start taking action instead of just thinking and so it was the biggest failure, maybe one of my biggest regrets, but it also taught me a really valuable lesson that I carry forward to this day. Because they always say that, you know, a half-assed plan started is better than a perfect plan always thought about, but never actioned. Um, you do look at some amazing people, you know, you've talked about some already. What criteria do you look for in people to, you know, for them to be displayed? Is there, do you have principles of a good person, a good man to show to people? You know, is there somebody, what would, what should people listening look at people for their role models and habits, et cetera? Yeah, that's a great question. So when we started doing the videos, uh, it was only entrepreneurs. It's like, this is a channel for entrepreneurs. I'm only gonna profile entrepreneurs. And then I would always ask for requests, like, hey, who do you guys want me to profile next? Who, who do you want us to all learn from together? 
and people would request a whole bunch of names. And one name that kept coming up was Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan, yeah, he's kind of an entrepreneur, but really he's known for his basketball. And it kept coming up. And so like, okay, let's just look into Michael Jordan and see if there's something there. And there's a lot of really practical advice that he has on success that you can apply to being an entrepreneur. So I'm not gonna show a video of how to take a jump shot or how to dunk or how to do any of these basketball related things, but there's a lot in his message that you can then learn to apply to yourself that I personally learned from. And then I said, huh, okay, if it worked for Michael, then maybe there's like, maybe that singer, can we learn something from Lady Gaga? Can we learn something from a politician? Can we learn something from these people? And almost invariably the answer was yes. And so one, all of the suggestions come from the audience, is from my fans who are watching, they tell me who, who we should do next and whoever's kind of mentioned the most, that's who we look at next as their initial criteria. Some people we can't do, you know, they passed along a long time ago, you know, Alexander the Great, okay, like there's no content, no, there's no video on him unless we make it. Um, and then, so that's the first criteria, like who are the most requested people? Because we want to do this for the audience to learn and grow. And then do they have a message that moves me? Like, am I learning something from this? And there's been people who have been requested, but I didn't learn anything from. Um, maybe they had bad interviews. Maybe they're not really on camera a lot. There just wasn't enough content. And so I need to learn something from it. And it's not one specific thing. It's not like I would need to learn confidence today. And so let's find somebody. It's being open to the message and learning something from each individual person. And if we can find a clip on it, then we incorporate it into it. Sometimes we have enough to do an espresso, but not to do a top 10 because we can't find 10 good enough clips. But uh, I need to be personally moved by it. If I have learned something from it, then I'm willing to share it. If I haven't learned anything from it, then I'm not going to share it with my audience. Because this is where the, the site came from for my site was there were so many things I wanted to know about. And I always wanted to speak to people and find out more about it. And I thought, if I'm interested, so say everybody else. And your site growth, for instance, just demonstrates that there are so many people who want to change, but they don't know how to do it. And you do a fabulous job of motivating, inspiring and showing people, you know, the way to go. And I can't thank you enough for the content you put out there. Um, just now, I know we're coming close to our time. What if somebody's listening right now, they're fully inspired, really motivated. What, say, three pieces of your content would you drive them towards? You know, what should they check out first? I think it depends on Perfect how you consume time. information. Like, if, if you like to read, there's the book. Pick up the book and read that. It's designed to be easy to read. If that's part of your ritual, then it's a great resource for you. If you like to watch videos, then go check out the YouTube channel. Um, I think the more can fit within your current way of processing information, your current way of learning, then it's going to be easier for you to pick it up. Um, so depending on your style. There's a website with great content. There's a YouTube channel. There's the book. Uh, I'm on social media. If you know you want to follow me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or any of that stuff. Um, and just whatever way you like to consume content, that's, that's where you should start. That's the best place to start. Well, how about if we finish up with a little fast question? It's just a case of put a prompt, first thing that comes into your head. Let's do it. Um, I like for, it. For instance, favorite song? Favorite song? Uh, what am I listening to? I like, I like there's a, 
what's this the Sia song, but the bachata version of it. It's like a Latin bachata version of this of the Sia song. It's in my head right now. I don't have the name. Uh, favorite and is that your favorite band or is there something else that jumps? Favorite band. The first thing that comes to mind is Weezer because it got me through some really hard times in university. Good choice. Uh, favorite movie? Seabiscuit. I was not expecting that. Uh, another podcast that you like to listen to, not your own. Well, uh, I don't have my own. own. <laughs> well, I don't have my own podcast. Not your site. And, and it's really hard to compete with, with Next Level Guy uh, in a podcasting world. Uh, you know what? I honestly don't consume a lot of podcasts. It's not part of my thing. So I know a few of them, but I wouldn't say like I listen to this. So I don't have really have a record. Next level guys is the podcast. You guys need to start with that and listen to it every day. Uh, what's a guilty pleasure that you'll admit to? Uh, I'm proud yeah. of my. I'm proud of what I did. Like <laughs> playing League of Legends, salsa dancing. I don't know, eating eating chocolate. Uh, I'm not really feeling guilty around those things. Yeah, superhero you want to be. Let's go with Batman. Uh, which is your favorite Batman? Who's my favorite Batman? Uh, you know what? I think the first one I watched was Michael Keaton when I was a kid growing up. So I'll go Michael Keaton. Was, the, was it Clooney with the bat nipples on the suit? That was uh, interesting in Batman. Um, uh, let's see. And... Uh, what would you say right now to everybody listening? What's your big message? You know, what do you want people to come away from this interview remembering? I think the biggest thing is to have self-awareness, to understand if you feel like you could be doing a lot more than you're doing right now, if you feel like you know we're close to reaching your ceiling, you want you know there's a next level up there, but you're not even close to hitting it, like you don't know how to get there. The self-awareness is really important. Understanding what your most important core value is, what your one word is, and then looking at your life and seeing what is congruent. If you're unhappy, it's because you want to live a certain way and your actions and your schedule and the people around you are inconsistent with how you want to be living. And so understanding that really helps you make the jump to the next level. Oh, I like it. Linking into the next level. Um, yeah. Uh, are you still okay? It's time for a few more? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you do some amazing interviews and setups. And that. Can you just go on about how you would prep for an interview and stuff like that? If I'm you know, interviewing. How do you research? Yeah, like I have a little bit of context on the individual. Um, we'll also open it up to uh, my live audience for questions they have. They're giving me a hard time right now because they're saying that Batman is not a superhero because he has no superpowers. Zeno, looking at you, man. You give me a hard time over that. Um, so we'll take some questions from the audience. And also just my own, you know, we have a topic that we're talking about and I have my own thoughts about it and I have my own uh, you know, history of entrepreneurs asking me these questions. And so I'm curious, like a lot of times with the interviews, it'll go off, it'll start with one question and they have an answer and then I'll have a follow-up question and we'll go off on this weird tangent. And I think that's what, that's what the really best interviewers do. As someone who consumes a lot of interview content, you know, I consume more interview content than most people in the world prepping for the videos that we do. Most interviewers ask, really bad questions. 
and they ask no follow-up questions. And so we have this like great entrepreneur who's being interviewed and it's an okay question and then they give a great answer and then like you want to learn more and the interviewer is like, okay, next question here on my list <laughs> yeah. of 10 things. And it's like, what just happened here, right? And so I think the best thing you can do as an interviewer is follow your curiosity. So it's great to have done some homework, some prep work to know a little bit about this person. And there's a theme obviously that you're talking about. It's not just let's talk about life. Um, and then as they answer your questions, be willing to be prepared to go deeper, go off on tangents, just follow your own curiosity. That's much more likely to get great responses than just sticking to a list of 10 questions. Yeah, I mean, that's life for me is just interviewing. It's just researching into things, you know, speaking to people, learning things and trying new things. And, you know, every failure is just a w another way to find out that it doesn't work. You just get closer to finding something that does work. Um, and so how do you judge risk in your life? You know, you've done some amazing things. You've started companies, you've sold companies, you know, you've done so much. How do you plan things? Do you just go, you're interested, I'm just going to go for it? Or, you know, you said you, you like to overthink. How do you combat risk and... I combat it with, things, you know? with by thinking about regret. I don't want to regret missing a moment. I don't want to regret. That's when I'm afraid of doing something. That's what I think about. I think like, am I going to regret not doing this? And that's allowed me to push through the fear of doing something new because I'm worried that as much as the fear is real and present right now, like, Oh my God, I got to go on and do this interview with, with Ian. He's going to ask me some crazy questions. Maybe I'm not ready for it. Uh, as much as that short-term fear may be, the long-term fear of looking back and saying, man, I wish I said yes to that interview. Like that's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. And so I didn't I want to look That last question is going to haunt me. <laughs> it kind of waffled on a bit. Um, so what, would, what advice for people listening just now would you give them? I mean, would you, do you find that people just tend to just listen and just not go on? Or, you know, why... Why do people not just push? Because you give some great advice and you highlight some amazing people. What stops people, you know, apart from the fear? Is it just laziness? Is it fear? Oh, I don't think it's laziness. No, I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's their limiting beliefs, which stems from the environment. I think that like if you if you listen to one of these podcasts, listen to one of these shows and you get inspired, you're going to be on fire for the rest of the day and then you're going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to start all over again. Where unless you make it a habit to change your belief system, to try to include that injection, like I could tell you the greatest things in the world and fire you up, but you're not going to remember them in a month. You're going to be back to doing what you were doing before unless you make it a consistent habit. Right? Unless you're listening, like if you want to get to the next level, listen to the next level guy every day. Listen to the shows on repeat. Like go back and put that as part of your if you want to get to the next level, here's how you do it. It's also why we share videos of people who've had a lot of success from different fields. Because quite often Steve Jobs, Michael Jordan, and Lady Gaga are like saying the same message. But the more you hear it, the more it starts to sink in, like, oh, this is actually important. And then maybe the way that Lady Gaga says it just strikes you a little bit more than the way Steve Jobs said it. 
And then that gives you the little extra motivation, a little extra understanding. Just like there are some great books that every time you read it, like you pick up something new from it. It's the same thing. When if you hear the message over and over again, if you hear it once from me, it may not be enough to stick. Chances are it's not. But if you listen to Ian next week and he's saying the same thing, or you watch a video of somebody, like the more you are in that environment, the more you're going to start actually taking the actions because you've changed your belief system. Uh, most people just get that shot of inspiration. And then because their environment is really bad, they fall back down to where they were before. And what's the worst interview you've ever heard? You mentioned you've heard some horrors. Uh, there are some people who are just bad interviews. Um, and I think it's really on, like, I think you could do a better job. I think if you were interviewing them, I think they, I think everybody has a story inside them that needs to be pulled out, but not, not everybody is naturally charismatic. Um, Elon Musk is a, is a terrible interview. All of his interviews are really bad, but some people ask him great questions and pull it out. Um, John Travolta was another one. We couldn't actually do a, a top 10 John. There you go, back to your first question. <laughs> who was somebody who I thought would be great but wasn't? John Travolta. I expected more from John Travolta than what he gave. Uh, and it's mostly because his, the people, like he's not a naturally, he's not sharing a lot of wisdom in his interviews. And most of the people asking questions are asking stupid questions and they never take it further. And so we didn't have enough content to make a top 10 of. Um, but there's lots of those people who are kind of introverted or have a hard time being really precise with their message. And I, I blame the interviewer because that's your job as an interviewer to get a good interview out of it. And I feel like a good, like you look at Larry King, you look at Oprah Winfrey, you know, these people can get good interviews out of anybody. And uh, I wish, I wish Elon Musk and John Travolta would go on one of their shows so we'd have better content. Well, um, I'm just noticing the time. Are, do you want to wrap it up or are you okay for? Yeah, I need to, I have a one, I have one in nine minutes, so I should probably hop off and get ready for that one. No, well, I just want to say, Evan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, there's so many questions. That's why they're all kind of waffling and mundled together. I just would like to say a massive thank you for all your great content, and I can't wait to get the book. Um, I'm just honored to have the chance to speak to you, and I can't thank you enough for this. I love it, Ian. Thanks for the time, and thank you for everything you do to try to spread some good out there and help help people become you know that next level version of themselves. And uh, once you get the book, let me know, and maybe we'll do a part two afterwards as well. I'll hopefully be uh, more uh, organized by then and not very musky, shall we say. <laughs> but uh, it's been a pleasure. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Ian. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.